Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? It's the Melchester Odyssey once again, and uh, whoa, look at this, it's the 20th of August 1982, um, and it says at the top of the front cover, a new look for your favourite soccer paper. Sexy. This is always exciting whenever a comic or a magazine has a redesign and a bit of a relaunch. Always exciting. Redesign, redesign every week, that's what I think. (laughs) I mean, like, because it's so exciting, it's it's not only exciting for the readers, but for the staff. If you do a weekly, having worked on weeklies in my time, say, yeah. it, it, it becomes so boring and repetitive. It feels really uncreative because you create a template and you just fill the <clears> gaps in that template and it goes yeah. on for years. And it kind of works because consistency is appreciated by the silly readers. They find it comforting. The 97%. Right? But, but you're all there. Fucking, you know, you're all these like editorial people in a room thinking that you need to express yourselves creatively, yeah. and this has just become a uh, some a treadmill. This is not how I, I yeah. wanted my magazine career to be. So yeah. what you do is you constant. Well, not you. What I mean is, if I'm the editor, <laughs> I, <laughs> I excitable Sam, <laughs> redesign, redesign, redesign. Why never redesign it again? <laughs> All expending all your creative energies, and some of it is substance fueled at the expense at the expense of a publishing company. Until right? the magazine because, gets closed down, yeah. Because just keep doing it, doing it, doing it. That mm. usually works, but it's doing redesigns is really seductive and exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so you can easily fall into the trap of doing it constantly, and then you do lots of them, and then the, the readers fall out of love with it because they're confused. Well, they and don't know whether they're fucking. Yeah, and spend all the budget on redesigns. Uh, spend all yeah. the budget on redesigns as well, and then it all falls and closes. I mean, if I had my <clears> way, <throat> on every magazine I ever worked on, I'd have been changing the fucking logo every second issue. <laughs> ah, bother that one now. They do this one in handwriting. I'm going to draw the headline on it with my hand. <laughs> so we've had. A, I mean, it, it says a new look. The front cover doesn't look all that different, but what it is plugging is two. Super new stories, and it's got a big football that one of the characters is kicking with the number two on it. Um, so we've got two super new stories, and these both seem to be an attempt to uh, enter the modern era. They mm. are forward diversify. thinking, diversifying, yeah, 
for the time, which was 1982, August 82. We've got uh, the first it's story. It's a new era. It's a new era here at IPC Publishing. We've got to embrace it. Nowadays, there's all sorts of people out there reading our comics. People of different colours. Some people even in wheelchairs. And that's exactly what they've done. The first one is Wilbur Robinson, Space Invader, who is a young black kid. Um, and he's got on his T-shirt, Save the Earth. I've had a bit of a little look at this one. Um, it's a bit weird. He's a he's a kid who plays football, but he also yeah. has got a handheld Space Invader game. And oh. that's, his pride, that's his pride and joy. I thought um, you were going to say he's from space. That would well, have been maybe better. He is. I don't know, because this is just episode one. So I don't know. He just goes around zapping baddies on his little game constantly. It's like a precursor of a Game Boy. Um, it would be brilliant if there was like a story about an alien like E.T. who came down to Earth but was able to shapeshift to look like a normal human. But yeah. he still retained some special alien powers which made him super fast or able to jump yeah. real high and kick a ball super hard. Mm. And he was... Well, an alien mm. footballer. That would be amazing. I don't know. Maybe that's where it's headed. I'm not sure because what happens is he's, he, he returns home, he's playing his game and he's got a, a letter from Ramptonshire County Cricket Club offering him a trial, but he's not interested. Uh, he says, I might be interested if they're looking for someone who could zap aliens. And this is too much for his dad. His dad loses it. And he says, well, why you surprised. stubborn, you stubborn space happy little idiot. Give me that thing. You stupid little cunt. <laughs> Space happy little idiot. Happy little idiot. And he snatches the game off him and he says, Hey, Dad, what are you doing? I'm only halfway through a game. And then the dad puts the fucking machine down on the table and un- unfurls a hammer and he's about to smash the thing up with his hammer. No! At the, at the end of. Yeah, I'll show you it. Fucking hell. It's so prophetic, mate. I mean, that is oh, mad yeah. that his dad Damn. was going to smash it up. Mind you, have you ever felt like that if your kids are just like on their phones a lot? No, like, not with a hammer. So, no, <laughs> no. No, I wouldn't smash out a hammer. It would be really traumatic for them. Mm. But you do get angry sometimes because you look at them sometimes, like when we were on holiday and like yeah. you catch them and they're just kind of a lying on the bed staring quite close up at their phone. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you, you, took took them feel... you took them somewhere where there was only a TV that didn't have catch-up. There was, that, didn't oh, you? there was so no Wi-Fi, expect. by the way. There was oh, no yeah. Wi-Fi. On the 4G, so that was good. That, that's one. That's one of the reasons. Their 4G was really sketchy. Like you had one right. bar. I mean, I found it quite difficult too. If Sounds I'm honest, like hell. Yeah, yeah. But do you know what? It made it made you just go out and about more. I mean, I'll talk about this on Friday's episode. But we did so much crazy golfing, mate, because the yeah. arcade was shut, so we couldn't coin, which I was gutted about. But I've got a lot to say about crazy golfing because I feel right. as if it's my new coining. I've got so into crazy golf. I mean, obviously, I've always been into it. Everyone knows it's awesome, but yeah. I'm now like I'm going. I'm thinking of going on the pro tour. Obsession levels, okay, mm. okay. But yet you hate conventional golf. Yeah, yeah. You're one step away from uh, it. You'll get mate, into it, cr- mate. Crazy golf is the people's golf. Yeah, <laughs> normal golf is a fucking is a, a elitist. Golf. It's a right. yeah. That's cunts golf. That is elitist. It is for Tories and Lampards, right? Crazy okay. golf, that is the people's game. Right, we'll, we'll have this out on Friday. <laughs> I'll prepare some stats for you. So, yeah, Dad's going to smash his machine up. And he says, no, Dad, don't do it. Don't smash my machine. So we'll find out if he does smash his machine in the next one. But, um, yeah, 
So there we go. There's a, a, a black so character. So anyway, he, he he seems to be. He is. Um, he's black, and mm-hmm. he's obviously got some pretty forward-thinking ideas. Save the Earth in 1982 would have been a pretty out there notion. Save yeah. the Earth. What are you talking about? Are yeah. you mad? Right. What, what and, harm could um, come to the Earth? We live in a time of peace yeah. and stability. What could go wrong? Earth is the most technician of immediately. <laughs> you lunatic. Are you a communist? <laughs> and um, and Danny Kidd is is called the wheelchair wonder. He's in a wheelchair, yeah. but he's jumped out of the wheelchair to yeah. play football. So I don't know what's going what's on that? there. Is, is, is he some kind of benefit fraudster? I'm not sure. <laughs> Another great ace. Remember, this is two years into Thatcherism, and uh, they're like they're they're picking on. You know, there was a there was I mean, policing. There was a lot of racism on the streets in 1982. Yeah, and and Thatcher was also creating a culture of sus- suspicion um, mm. about benefit fraud, which lives on to this day, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm not sure. I'm looking at it now. He's, it just starts off where he's just playing football, Danny Kidd. Uh, he's he's playing, and he's playing. Oh my god, he's going to get run over by a car. Oh fuck! Well, that uh, is really sad. It's actually his little brother runs into the road to get his ball because they're going out for does a he, game of football. Does he get injured saving so, him? Probably. It looks like he will do because in episode one, Danny Kidd is able-bodied. As they say, right. So it mm. looks as if that's. Um, phew, this is a very intense issue. This one. I feel like I don't want to read the wheelchair, kid. Well, uh, I might update you on it next week. I might not. Okay. But I think we all know what's going to happen. Um, okay. So there we are. And meanwhile, if you take a look, Sam, at the uh, the pages that I sent you, the uh, mm. Roy of the Rovers uh, strip itself looks very different. It used to be. It does. Yeah. Uh, surrounded by a white. Um, border, yeah, um, with all the frames in, and now there's no border. The frames go full. The top. It's full bleed, full bleed, full bleed. Yeah, across the top, anywhere, mm. and the border is now red. Whenever there is a border, it's wild. It's almost certainly it, LSD fueled. Yeah, it's psychedelic. Um, David Skew has obviously got into psychedelics in a big way in 1982. And he's taking it out. I've tried some of this acid. It was big in the sixties, <laughs> but I never gave it a go at the time. I didn't trust it. But it's funny. It's only since I got in my forties I've become more experimental <laughs> about that sort of thing about opening my mind. I've, I'm only having what they call micro dots. I'm just I'm small doses, Tiny just enough to alter bit. my consciousness. But and uh, the main I thing keep... is the, what have I learned? Well, I'll tell you. It suddenly you realise there is a huge connectivity between every living thing on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you start looking at, at all your little concerns as so trivial and inconsequential when you realise that every insect, every plant, every tree, linked. every bin, we're all in. We're all just one continuous vibrating chain of cells. And that is something that I will endeavour to convey via the and pages you, of Roy the Rovers. I can actually see them vibrating. They, I can see them giving off an aura. It's beautiful. You should try it, Barry. The, Barry, Barry, the, it. Barry, listen to me. Listen to me, Barry. The other night I wept. I wept and wept and wept all through the night. But what was strange was I'd never been happier in my life. And I had never, ever felt more safe. How does that make sense? It doesn't. Give it a gold buzzer. Micro dots is the future. 
<laughs> I'm um, thinking of a strip. Look, you're the writer, I'm the artist. I get that. I know that, you know, I should stay in my lane. But how about we have Blackie and Roy try a couple of microdots in the feathers one night? <laughs> Just to put actually, it out there. I actually found myself watching the other lunchtime, um, Steph's Pack Lunch. You know, big business Steph. Oh, yeah. The BBC. Yeah, yeah. On Channel 4 now, and she was on there, and um, one of the Russells, the, the comedians, um, there's a few of them called Russell, yeah. I can't remember which one it was, one of them, and um, Alistair Campbell, and they were talking about oh, microdosing, yeah. microdosing LSD for Ooh. mental health issues. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's fucking, it's on the way. No, I've been reading a lot Lots about trials it. and everything, I've, I've, yeah. I've read a huge amount about it. I I did an, a couple of interviews with the woman who was like the leading figure in it. Right. Um, uh, on talk radio when we first launched and she was a remarkable woman I, i'm trying to remember uh something filled a melon what was weird was she was really nice and she was quite old and posh and she mm. ran some sort of institute for you know psychedelic research or something she was a she was legit she th- wasn't I some think, hippie think, she was a scientist yeah, i think campbell mentioned her at one point and he said you should get her on on this show yeah well, she was so a I real authority but what was great was she spoke very eloquently about it and, but she spoke like Miss Marple right so right. Somebody, now if you just take a small amount of LSD the, uh, the, the, your, your mind opens up in such a way that you begin to see that a tree and yourself are closely related right or something <laughs> something like that anyway she was okay. very convincing and very intelligent alright oh, keep going I'm listening you've got my attention <laughs> Have you got any with you right now? <laughs> I can have a try. I did say to her, I did say, of course, just because I'm a dickhead, uh, uh, have you ever taken any? And she <laughs> just left a really long pause and said, well, obviously, you must remember that uh, other than outside of a clinical environment, um, consuming or possessing uh, this sort of drug <laughs> is still an illegal act. Anyway, the bad thing, the bad thing, uh, not to judge her because she seemed like a very nice, intelligent woman, but the next time I encountered her quite unusual double-barreled name, which I think is Field of Melon or Field in Melon, was right. when I was covering the Grenfell fire and found oh, out right. that the per- the person who was in charge of basically the 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 housing committee in the uh, royal borough of kensington chelsea tory run council also yeah. had the name field of melon all right and it was very iffy because they'd done things like they were on the council but they'd also been privately investing in very i mean it's all coming out now in the court case privately mm. investing in properties in the area where they where grenfell tower was there was right. a huge amount of emphasis put on not the genuine refurbishment of these council blocks, but the cosmetic refurbishment, because mm. the new executive properties that they had invested in had tenants or wanted to appeal to tenants who wouldn't want unsightly council blocks yeah, in their line of, of vision. Yeah. So so effectively, and this is an ongoing case, so it's probably highly illegal for me to say this, but this is what I learned at the time. The implication, at least, was that they had invested rather than the you know tens of millions it took to make the building safe and inhabitable mm. for people they instead spent a small amount on quite cheap and hugely toxic plastic cladding for the outside yeah. of the building in order for it to look nicer to the higher class people they were trying to encourage yeah. to live in the area yeah i mean i'm all for making things look nice but at the same time you've got to be safe you've got to like be this. safe haven't you uh, about uh, Grenfell. Have you got five minutes? Yeah, I think I've found a solution. Apparently, we're not allowed to knock it down. 
because there's people live there. Yeah, I know. Imagine. <laughs> but anyway, we can't knock it down. But uh, what I have found out is that we can cover it in poison. <laughs> Flammable poison. If we cover but, it in... But, now, no, hang on. No, no, no. I know what you're thinking. That sounds bad. But listen, it'll look nice. I think we should do it'll it. Look, it'll look dead nice. It's the quickest way to get it looking dead nice. And the, the, the thing is, this poison, the trick of it is, this poison is only becomes actively poisonous when it is set alight. Yeah. <laughs> So all we have to do is make sure oh, that no God. one ever sets fire to it and people will be fine. Fucking no, hell. it is quite flammable too, though. It is flammable. Very, very but flammable. But you've got to understand, if the altern- there, yeah, there's alternatives, but this stuff costs 40 quid a square metre, right? The next one up, the non-poison one, that's 45 quid a square metre, yeah? So if, if, if you think of the amount of square metres you need, right, you're talking thousands of pounds extra, just to make it non-poisonous. Now, <sighs> chances are, this will never catch fire. So, no one's ever going to know. <laughs> we don't have much fires anymore. They used to happen a lot when I were a kid, but not much anymore. So It's more, but it's know. not the 1970s, with fires going people on all have, over the place. Have fucking chip pans and everything. It'll be fine. The IRA Apparently, aren't active anymore, as far as I understand. Um, I re- this is one of the things I read, part of the Super League... Uh, coverage that the the flats that are Highbury, the mm. old Arsenal Stadium, they're apparently yeah. covered in that cladding as well, and Arsenal have oh, washed yeah. their hands of it, and they're not prepared to mm. uh, have it reclad. But it's an actual massive fucking country. Oh, the, the whole that country, that cladding, all over the country has been mm. used. There are people living right now in death traps. Yeah, yeah, and there are fire marshals working and or volunteering. I think in yeah. the. Walk in the corridors of the flats every night just to make sure yeah. stuff doesn't catch fire. They got, they, they, they got babies. But the thing is, these are councils who knowingly put it on there, yeah. right? And the, the other thing is, when David Cameron got in, he announced to great fanfare from the tabloids what he called the bonfire of red tape, yeah. right? And people are so fucking gormless, right? That they go, yeah, bloody right, we've got some common sense. This red tape and health and safety... Right, yeah, it's crippling business, and it's just a load of jobs worth, right? But in fact, it is the so-called health and safety brigade and the red tape that was introduced in the fucking nineties, right? Mm. That is the reason why we no longer have all those public information films like you got in the seventies, where kids were fucking getting locked in fucking fridges or dying on electrical fucking lines or falling in dark and lonely water, right? Yeah, because. Because in the 90s, the government said, why don't we just make more strict rules so not everywhere is a death trap? Then we'll have less people dying, which will be better, right? Yeah, I mean... And then, <laughs> and then all the Lampards said, wow, why do we have to have all these rules? They're only rules to stop people dying. Oh, don't be ridiculous. So David Cameron got rid of all of them. So all of the fucking property developers, who, by the way, invested millions in the Tories' election campaign, right? Mm-hmm. In return for that, he said, I'm going to fucking drop all the regulations about health and safety that cost you loads of extra money, right, and affect your bottom line. So they inve- so he took all of that away, and suddenly they've all got carte blanche to do all sorts of shit, including covering buildings in poison. In poison, yeah. I mean, Covering in poison. <laughs> Whether it's a good thing or not, the clue is in the words health and safety. I like to think. I know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're a good... They're the demonisation of health and safety is peak Britain. 
right? The idea that we all became sort of, that we somehow made it that health and safety was a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Fucking insane. And, of course, that was the whole Brexit thing was based on getting rid of red tape as well. And now nobody, nobody can export anything out of the UK to the previous European markets they used to trade with because there's so much extra red tape now. Fucking... Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Ah, red tape. We don't need red... We don't need people stopping us from dying. We know how to stop ourselves from dying. Well, you just covered that fucking building in poison, you cunt, and a load of babies <laughs> burnt. Well, I mean, you know, we can't have red tape just on the base of one poisonous building burning. <laughs> These things happen. They've got to be factored in. Oh, fucking People need to take responsibility for themselves. But they didn't oh, ask you yeah. to cover the building in poison. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> yes, they wanted us to look. They wanted it to look nice, though. Oh, they fucking didn't. That was someone else. Yeah. Oh, well, they did, they, they the wanted same. you to. They wanted you to just put new windows in and get rid of the rats. <laughs> That's what they really uh, wanted. No, no. I'm sure they wanted us to cover it in pretty poison. Aesthetically pleasing poison. <laughs> pretty poison. <laughs> Sounds like a weird post-punk band, doesn't it? <laughs> Pretty poison, yeah. Uh, Two female get... lead singers in ruffled shirts. <laughs> Jalapeño. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jalapeño. Shall we get into this Roy the Rovers thing? Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, it's not going to take us long, so I'm sat to announce it's still uh, the cricket storyline. Um, uh. It says, two of the Rovers have been injured during Melchester's first one-day cricket match against powerful Carmody's Cavaliers, so Roy arranged a special training session designed to speed up his players' reactions in the return game. Blah, 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 blah. Roy and Blackie grew up in the batting and took on the fearsome pace of Aussie fast bowler Ralph Meeker. Hey, Ralph Meeker! Whoa, um, legend. Yeah. Uh, so there uh, we see that. Who's hit this? Is it Roy? Uh, yeah, Roy hits a short single and it bounces away past the uh, the Cavaliers fielders. Um, and Meek is not happy. Meek is tense. He's saying, come on, you Cavaliers, faster to that ball. You fucking cunts, do I have to do <laughs> everything? Yeah, we've got the Lampards in the crowd saying, another short single to Roy and listen to Mika. He's really losing his temper. <laughs> Fucking good. Uh, and Roy's, Roy's got a big smile on his face as he speaks to Blackie. They're, they're both nicely sunburnt as well. Everyone's sunburnt in the crowd as well. Look at them all, their red faces. This is, these are the days before health and safety and sun cream yeah. and things like oh, that. Oh, no sun cream. <laughs> Fuck yeah. that. What? Wait, I'm can trying I to get just a say- 
I say something about cricket that occurred to me just now, but it's mm. always sort of bothered me subliminally. Uh, it's a really obvious thing to say, but you know what one of the weirdest things about cricket is? They're all wearing trousers, right? <laughs> Not tracksuit bottoms, actual mm. trousers, right? Yeah. Slacks. They wear slacks, right? Yeah. And I just think we're all, it's one of those things where we all just act like it's normal because we're used to it. But if you step back for a minute and think, mm-hmm. these cunts are all wearing trousers, but this is yeah. a sporting event. These yeah. trousers have creases in them. What the yeah. fuck is going on here? Well, Any fucking sport that involves the wearing of slacks is fucking weird. Well, listen, I had the very same thought yesterday when I've been watching the World Snooker and they're all wearing yeah. tuxedos. And it's yeah. like, why? Oh, why? <laughs> well, put it this way, right? You see old, you see old footage uh, or photographs of, of uh, tennis in the olden days, like 1930s <laughs> tennis in at Wimbledon, mm. and they're wearing trousers, not unlike these cricket trousers. trousers. Yeah, and, exactly. and it's hilarious, right? You're like, ha, ha look for, at them in their trousers. Curry and such like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you think that's hilarious, right? But then, like, you think, fucking hell, they're still doing this in cricket. They're all running about doing sport, and it's the summer. Surely you wear fucking shorts or, at the most, a pair of tracksuit bottoms, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, I mean, I just think... <laughs> they, get, they used to go out with jumpers on as well and they had to take their jumpers off. And, and give them to the fucking the, umpire. And he'd hold their jumpers. He, he had about 20 fucking jumpers around his waist. Yeah, yeah. How's he supposed but to just, concentrate on umpiring the game with that amount of jump? I struggled to concentrate with one jumper around my waist, mate. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Everything's wrong. Everything's you wrong. You go out with a jumper and then give it to him. I mean, that's like if my kid comes out and they take a coat and then they just take it off and hand it to me. And I go, what? What are you fucking handing it to me for? It's a case of you fucking do it. Do you I'll know what I mean? I'm finished with it. Yeah, I'm finished with carry it. Carry that. It's, it's literally, without them actually saying it, their attitude to me is carry that, cunt. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, if they've got to wear leg pads and everything, then, yeah, wear the trousers because you're going to look stupid otherwise. But no, the fielders. no, you could wear shorts and leg pads. Why do you need trousers underneath the leg pads? No, it would look wrong, like when you see people who wear them sock garters and they haven't I got think their trousers on. Quite, I think it would look quite sexy. You think it would? You could be right. Um, I think that in years to come, we will kids will look back and we'll go to our grandchildren, look, this was cricket in my day. Have a mm. look at this. <laughs> And they'll go, what the fuck's that? That's a bit creepy. What are they all wearing slacks for? They look like the sort of trousers that old people order out the back of the Sunday Times in those classified ads. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. What I say is to any cricket fans listening, my message to the cricketing community, a community that I have a lot of respect for, right? I don't want to undermine your Unlike great the golfing sport. community. It's a great sport, yeah. Unlike the golfing community, I have no respect for. But... The cricketing community is a great community and a great sport. However, I have one question for you all. What's with the fucking trousers, lads? <laughs> right? Answers <laughs> on a postcard to the usual addresses. This is just another reason why we should be on talk sport again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tonight, the burning question. What's with the cricket trousers? <laughs> Drive time. Trousers. Do they have any place in modern sport? <laughs> we're joined by Sir Ian Botham and we've got some tough questions for him Sir Ian are you wearing trousers now no, no, actually, no I'm, no, not. I'm not don't lie to me <laughs> yes I am I fucking knew it <laughs> I mean Botham I'm wearing nothing 
<laughs> You've Good. seen me on the Better internet. trousers. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Roy's all sunburned, so is Blackie. There's no sun cream. Uh, the umpire, has the umpire got some jumpers on him? He's wearing one of those big overcoats that they used to wear. Fucking hell. The poor cunt must be fucking sweating. Right, well, um, does anyone just stop and say, "What?" I mean, he's dressed like a enough. fucking milkman. He's yeah. dressed like a milkman, mate. He is. That's what milkmen wear. Yeah. Well, I, Either I that or he's pretending to be a fucking... He's masquerading as a doctor. That as well, yeah. Oh, not even a, a porter. Hospital porter. Oh, they were it just makes no sense. It, uh, the attire in cricket, it can look nice, actually. I'm not saying that it's aesthetically displeasing, but it makes no rational sense. Well, like so many other things, let's move on. Mm. Um, yeah, Roy says to Blackie, uh, if Mika loses his self-control, all his speed will count for nothing. <laughs> Blackie, <laughs> Blackie goes, it's time to pile on the pressure. So these two, these two cunts think they're going to fucking outfox one of the world's they, they, greatest they, fast bowlers. Yeah, you know and they're I mean? not even pros, and he is, and they think no. we're going to do our old psychological warfare on him. Yeah, we're going to fucking we'll render send, him useless. Yeah. Right, we'll send him loopy doodas. What do they, they, what do, they do? Blackie then hits one over the top of the fielders, and uh, the crowd say, "Oh." Blackie didn't time that one too well, but he skied it clear of fielders. That's two more runs. And it says then, as Mika's bowling became wilder and wilder, Mika's just completely lost it. His fucking head's totally gone here. He's bowling one, and he goes, Gaia! As he mm-hmm. bowls it. It's a wild long hop, and it's a mm-hmm. no ball. Have a go, Blackie. Knowing that he couldn't be bowled nor caught, Blackie lashed out, and he does... Right in the middle. It's a six. Hooray! Um, and at the end of a very costly over... Um, who's that? Is that Carmody? Let's tell, yeah, it must be. Who's telling Ralph Meeker? He says, OK, Ralph, take a rest. <laughs> Meeker looks broken. Look at his face. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I've really got to him. They have. They've took, killed him. Mika's coming off. The Aussie terror has finally conceded defeat. And then it's. But says, I mean, Roy and Blackie are old hands at setting up camp in someone's head well, rent course, free, yeah. aren't they? They've they done are. it so many times before. Of course they have. Um, and it says, with Mika out of the way, Roy and Blackie really chanced their arms and fortune favoured the brave. And then we've got like a montage of them just whacking balls left, right, and centre um, past this, this team of professionals. <laughs> and then it says, until at the end of 40 overs, uh, 165 for no wicket. The two, of them's put, the two of them have put on 165 against this team of fucking professionals. That's the elite of world cricket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 165 for no wicket. Roy and Blackie were lucky, but they deserve to be. They played brave attacking cricket and it came off. That's right. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> they knew that would happen. Yeah. Come on. Come on, Blackie. Let's go and have a skinful. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll have to do a bit of fucking speed drinking because half an hour later, the Cavaliers innings began. And 
there they are, Cavaliers are in, and the crowd are saying, Now, let's see if Roy's special training has done the trick. It's Rover's speed and agility in the field versus the Cavaliers' top class batting lineup. <clears throat> now, they're sitting to be filled in very close in. They've fucking formed a ring around the wicket. But uh, this is exactly what they've been training, wasn't it, when they were in the. Uh, what was it called again? The that fucking pink room they were playing in the sweatbox. Oh wasn't yeah, it? the sweatbox. Sweat box. So, oh yeah, because so, it would sound like a gay disco. Yeah, so they're in a sweatbox vibe here, uh, and in Jimmy Slade's second over, uh, Ron Carmody is at the wicket, and he knocks it, and Walter Williams catches it. The useless goalkeeper, useless, trembling, nervous goalkeeper who we, we heard about a couple of years ago, and then he disappeared, didn't he, when Charlie Carter got fit again. Uh, yeah. What a fantastic catch by Walter Williams! Noel Baxter shouts, How's that? Good cunt. Um, a few overs later, as Garth Hastings attempted a short single, uh, they fucked that up as well. No, Garth, go back! Uh, hard in, Steve Naylor! And there we are. Steve Naylor gets the ball, throws it back. And Garth Hastings has run out. Again, it's just cricket stuff. It's just cricket stuff. Fucking hell. I've just looked at the bottom and I'm relieved to say that at the end it says, next week, once again, Rovers taste first division football. And it can't come a day too soon. Yeah, it's too much. As much as we've liked Ralph Meeker, um, this is just, I mean, I just, yeah, you can't really keep up with it. You're just sort of like, yeah, yeah. cricket. Whatever, yeah. And then it cricket, is, uh, is in next. It says the Cavaliers never quite recovered from those shock dismissals. And not even Ralph Meeker could hit them out of trouble. And fittingly, Roy catches Meeker out. And it says, uh, that's it. The Cavaliers are all out. The Rovers have won by seven runs. Hooray! <laughs> Um, and they're being... Mate, have you ever have you ever <clears throat> seen? Um, I'm sure you have that documentary Fire in Babylon about the West Indies team of the 80s. No, I've not seen it yet. It's on Fuck Sky yeah, think, now. It? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's quite old. I think it's about. It must be about ten years old, but it's like one of the best things that I. Mm. You know, like I've, we've said, I'm sort of very casual kind of cricket fan who watches Test matches sometimes. England, yeah. you know. And and occasionally, you know, I'll kind of get really get into it for like two weeks in the summer or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And I can, um, and as we've discussed, I can certainly see myself getting more into it as I get older. I hope to get more into it because, as we've said, you know, it fits really well with the just rest lifestyle. Just rest ethos. But, yeah. But w- when I went for a phase of fucking coming really psyched by it, because I remember weirdly in the eighties, my cousins from Italy <clears throat> were super into cricket. Right. Oh wow! So strangely, my Italian cousins got me into cricket because right. my aunt was dating a bloke from Lancashire who was a massive cricket fan. Right. And he he was basically living with them in Italy. Right. He was because oh, he was yeah, their yeah, mum's boyfriend. Before, yeah. Yeah. And and so they he talked to them all the time about cricket, and they even got cricket sabutio. Right. Remember right. cricket sabutio? I yeah. never had that. Fuck knows how it worked, but people had it, didn't they? Yeah. And. um and he got them really into it. So they would come over every summer and spend the whole summer holidays in London. And when I'd go round to the house that they were staying at, another aunt's, they'd just always have England on in the test match or the Ashes, whatever it was, right, that summer. Yeah. And they'd know all the fucking players' names and their rules. They were fucking cricket nuts. And then we'd just play cricket in the garden. As a result of that, those play- those West Indies players, 
like Lloyd and Richards and mm. so on were fucking, you know, burnt into my mind. And then when you saw fucking fire in Babylon, especially when you saw the racist climate of all the posh English players in the 70s and stuff right, like that yeah. and some of the things they said. And they were like, they were basically the Brazil 19, the, the West Indies 80s team were, the footballing equivalent was probably Brazil 1970. Right, yeah. Like, or Brazil 82, just all superstar flair players I'm just with amazing attitudes it. and haircuts. <laughs> It was on Sky Documentaries a while ago, and I think oh, I had it mm. saved on my box, but I don't think it's there now. It's on, it's on Amazon and Google Play and YouTube for three ninety nine at the minute as we speak. So if you listen well, to this, it's nine really, now, it, it's really, it really worth it. In fact, I haven't seen it for about nine years, and I'm going to rewatch it because it's fucking <clears> great. And if you're a casual sort of, you know, part time cricket. If, if you're cricket curious like I am and you need a way into it, then yeah. particularly if you're around our age and you watched any cricket in the 80s, you remember those. And, you know, obviously all the 80s English players, like whether that's Botham and Gooch and Gatton and all those fuckers, right? Um, yeah. Fucking get on Fire in Babylon because it's brilliant. And also, let's be honest, any film of any genre, whether it's documentary, fiction, whatever, mm. with the title Fire in Babylon is fucking brilliant. I mean, yeah. can you name a, a better title for anything than that? No. Nothing That's a rhetorical ever. question. No, exactly. It's a rhetorical it lo- question. It looks like it might also be on Sky Documentaries at the minute and now TV. So, uh, yeah. So if you've got them, it'll be free on there. Mm. Good. I'll add that to my list of things to watch. So uh, the, the Melchester Rovers players are being uh, chaired off the cricket pitch by the fans who've invaded all in their nice white T-shirts and everything. And someone someone's wearing Taffy Morgan's uh, striking blue shirt there as well, uh, and Roy, uh, sorry, Blackie says, "What a way to start the new footer season, eh, Roy?" Always, always fucking pestering fucking Roy, isn't he? Roy. Never stops. Roy, Roy, look at this! I can do a cartwheel. Watch me, watch me, Roy. Right, right. See you in the box later, because I can make my wee go right over the wall onto the other side. Ah, <laughs> oh, no, you fucking show me. One time it went over, and it landed on Vic Guthrie's head, and he was like fuming, but I ran and I hid in one of the cubicles. But I had to squat on the toilet because he was looking under the doors to see if anyone was in there. If I stand on my hands and I've got a hand on, I can do a piss into the toilet, boy. Come and watch. Roy, can you blow a spit bubble out of your mouth but hold it there for like over ten seconds because I can't watch. Whoa. <laughs> Roy, 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 look at this, mate. If I pin a kitty down, I can pretend I'm going to cop on him, but the last minute I'm able to suck it back up into my mouth. And the kiddies, they shit themselves because they think they're going to get flopped on and they cry. He's crying his eyes out, look. <laughs> He's only six. Why are you crying? I didn't even flop on you, you divvy. <laughs> I just made you think I was going <laughs> to... And Roy says, aye, Blackie, aye. The lads came through it without a bruise. But, but if we picked up another injury, it could have been disastrous. <laughs> then, as one of the delighted fans stumbled... Uh, Vernon uh, seems to fall off. It's a it's a Tony Adams Steve Morrow type incident. Uh, uh, <laughs> Steve Morrow fell off Tony Adams after that cup final. Look out! And Vernon goes ah, 
and uh, shock and horror. Um, uh, Roy shouts, Vernon! So we'll see. That's, that's your cliffhanger. Vernon has fallen Vernon, over. you mad cunt, what are you doing? <laughs> That's all I fucking need. We've this all got carried the away. The adrenaline I'm from the cricket I'm starting to think win. that involving them in a highly competitive cricket match this close to the season wasn't the best preparation. <laughs> so that's that one. How many marks are you going to give that? I'm giving the fuck a seven. I'm just so yeah, fucking fed up seven. with the cricket. Yeah, I'm sick Sorry. of it. Sorry, sick of it. I, I say goodbye to Ralph Mika with a heavy heart, though. Yeah, so the football should be back next week. And next week, I think it's the 100th uh, Melchester Odyssey episode. So that's quite fun. <laughs> the football's coming back. So, course for celebration for us. If you want to bake yeah. us a cake, get in <laughs> touch and we'll arrange for it to be sent to our cake P.O. box. We have several P.O. boxes. One, specifically for the delivery of cakes. There is no way I am eating anything that's been sent to us. <laughs> no, solicited. it's all right, because I get producer Mark to have a slice of everything we're sent before we do. He doesn't mind. Enough. Got he's got a constitution, hours. which means that he, he's pretty much impervious to poison anyway. Well, then how's he a tester of poison then? That's no use, is it? No, but he, he can taste the poison. Oh, he can taste it, right, okay. Fine, mm. fair enough. So that's the end he of that He won't die, one, he'll just become extremely sick. Right, okay. And we will not eat that cake. Um, mm. On the Roy Race talking page, little bonus stuff, there's um, some correspondence from uh, Catherine Minides of Chipping Sudbury and the little frame at the top it just says cats exclamation mark and Catherine asks why oh why in the edition of Roy of the Rovers dated 26th June is there a cat on every section of the football funnies was it done accidentally or deliberately (laughs) good question and Roy replies deliberately Catherine (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> he says uh, you fucking idiot you think that'll be an accident fuck me fuck he says, now he says the cartoonist in question likes cats he uses them as a trademark provided they don't interfere with the overall intention of a joke that's very, that's very important, important. <laughs> uh, also he feels that the inclusion of a cat can add a little bit more humour to a situation well a he's previ- right about that and then he says on a previous occasion he used a cat as the central figure and then right at the bottom, <laughs> right at the bottom Roy has put now turn to the football funnies page in this issue <laughs> <laughs> now Goodbye. do it now <laughs> so there we Goodbye, go that's the relaunch Relaunch, redesign, call it what you will. A new look for your favourite soccer paper. And uh, we've enjoyed it thoroughly. And we'll be back with episode 100 next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, Don't be afraid to redesign your life. (laughs) You only get one life. Live it well. (laughs) 